Welcome back to At The Buzzer. I'm your host, Dean McComb, alongside Tyler Fertel, Andrew Lumbladder, and Campbell Klein. And we are finally back after about a four-month delay. We are finally back after one long semester of school. And to everyone who's listening to this podcast, don't worry. We're going to try our absolute best uh, to have a more consistent uploading schedule, whether it's one, two, or even three times a month. Whatever we feel comfortable with filming, that's how many times we're going to try and get episodes out. So you guys see the title. We are going to be doing the top 10 NBA offseason acquisitions from this past 2021 NBA offseason. So we're going to go from, I believe, honorable mention 10 to 1, right? So we're going to start off with the honorable mention right here. All right. So before we get into the actual top 10, a quick honorable mention is uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, who's currently on the Washington Wizards. Uh, They picked him up a pretty good deal and he's been really good for them. The Wizards are currently uh, the seventh seed right now in the East with him as their starting point guard. So he must be doing something as well. Uh, His stats for the year averaging almost 13 points, five boards, five and a half assists. He's not, he doesn't have the greatest efficiencies, but he's a good floor general and he's good at spreading the ball around to his teammates. And the Wizards are a lot better than they were last year. Uh, and Dinwiddie's uh, had a big part in uh, helping the Wizards uh, get to the playoffs or at least attempt to get to the playoffs. They're at least in the mix this year, whereas last year um, they barely got into the play. And we'll talk more about the Wizards later. But yeah, Spencer Dinwiddie is the uh, honorable mention. All right, now at 10, we have uh, the Cavaliers trading for Ricky Rubio. The Cavaliers traded away Torian Prince in return for Rubio, a second-round pick, and cash considerations. And at the time, this trade looked sort of meaningless with uh, the Cavaliers having both Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. But early in the season, Colin Sexton fell to a season-ending injury, and since then, Rubio has really stepped up, averaging 12-6-4, and four, and I think his 20 to 25 games played without um, Colin Sexton. And along with that, he's acted as a really great mentor for Darius Garland. And he's led the Cavaliers to a 20 and 13 start, which is a lot better than most people expected. Um, At number nine is also a trade that people thought was meaningless at the time. It was the Grayson Allen trade to the Milwaukee Bucks. He was traded for Sam Merrill and two second round picks. I'm not sure if Sam Merrill is still on the Grizzlies roster, but I don't think he is. So the Bucks uh, won that trade, at least in my opinion. Um, Grayson Allen has been valuable uh, for the Bucks this year. He started some games, but he's been more valuable off the bench where he's been providing some valuable minutes, averaging about 12.5 points on 40% from three. And uh, during COVID uh, protocol time, when some of his teammates went out, He's been really helping them uh, and providing some more depth and keeping the Bucs as a top team in the East. So Grayson Allen coming in at number nine in the offseason acquisition. So at the number eight spot, we have Bobby Portis, who, uh, like Grayson Allen on the Bucs, he signed a two-year or he re-signed for a two-year $9 million deal with the Milwaukee Bucks. And it was even reported that he turned down more money from teams such as the Heat. So he stayed loyal to the team that, he helped win the championship in the previous year, and he re-signed for two years, $9 million. 
And he's been really, really great for the Bucs, uh, providing a lot of offensive firepower. He's averaging 15.7 points per game. That's something I didn't really know. Sorry about the notification, but that's something I didn't know before researching about Portis. And he's also averaging about a steal game, so he's doing it on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. He's been really, really good off the bench for the Bucs. As uh, players have gone down in protocols, like Tyler's mentioned, Giannis has gone down in protocols and he's just stepped up perfectly into the power forward role. So Portis coming in at number eight. To add to what you're saying, uh, Bobby Portis um, actually has started most, if not all of the games of season since Brooke Lopez uh, hasn't played since the first game of the season. So he's been starting at center uh, before he was in protocols this past couple of weeks. And now DeMarcus Cousins is there. But like you said, he's been actually really impressive. Um, and he's on, on not the greatest contract, obviously, but in the playoffs last year for the Bucs, he was great, and he's continuing that this year, scoring 16 points, which not very many people were expecting. So, yeah. Okay, so it is me at number seven, and here's a player that I miss not being on the Lakers. I'm guessing you already know who it is. It is Alex Caruso, who signed a – Four-year, $37 million contract with the Chicago Bulls this past offseason. Uh, Crusoe provides so much energy, energy to the Bulls this season. He's been the backup point guard behind Lonzo Ball, um, and he's leading the league in steals, which is an extremely impressive stat. Um, and as you know, or as you can tell, just based on off of that, and just based off walk, uh, watching Crusoe, he provides the intangibles and he does the dirty work on the court and you can rely him to play def- rely on him to play defense and uh, really rely on him to do all that hard work for you. So he's been a great addition to that Bulls roster and I wish he was still on the Lakers, but hey, at least he's uh, doing some good work for one team in the NBA. So Caruso comes in at number seven. All right. At number six, I'm going to continue down the Cavaliers path. Uh, they're re-signing of Jared Allen for five years, $100 million. I think that's a really, really strong move by them. Initially, I was pretty scared about this move. I was sort of scared to see how he would mesh with Evan Mobley, their uh, first-round draft pick. But Jared Allen has really flourished with Evan Mobley on the court, averaging more points, rebounds, assists, steals, better field goal percentage. Really, everything has improved. He's continuing to take the steps that it takes to be a great player in this league and similarly to Ricky Rubio he's been a driving force that's led this team to a really surprising 20 and 13 start um I know a lot of people in the NBA betting world either love this team or hate this team at one point I think they won 13 consecutive games against the spread which is like just unheard of this team is constantly surprising not only NBA fans but also Vegas I suppose I'm going to add a little bit of a bold prediction really quick. Jared Allen will be an all-star this year. That's my prediction. The, ga- the all-star game is in Cleveland. So maybe some Cavs fans are going to give him a little extra boost to kind of get there. But watch, Jared Allen should be an all-star this year. All right. So to keep it moving on our list here at uh, number five, I'm going to talk about Lonzo Ball um, of the Bulls. Uh, so Lonzo got a pretty hefty contract this offseason, and it was criticized by a lot of, analysts and other people thought maybe Lonzo hasn't proven himself yet and you know maybe he's not worth the contract but he's still getting better and I think he's just entering his prime now uh, as we can see he's really helped the Bulls uh, this season the Bulls are probably one of the biggest surprises of the NBA right now 20 and 10 uh, 
two seed in the East, looking like a, a championship contender. Uh, he's not the only player that's been uh, affecting their win percentage from last year from the offseason, but we'll get to the rest of those guys later. Tyler already mentioned one. Um, Lonzo's stats on the year are pretty solid. 13 points, five assists, five boards. Uh, shooting 42% from three, the highest of his career by far. So he really uh, worked on his jump shot over the season and it's really paying off for the Bulls this year. And we'll see how far they make it in the playoffs. So at the number four spot, we have the sort of uh, Pelicans trades that they made during this past offseason, including acquiring Jonas Valanciunas, from the Grizzlies and Devontae Graham from the Hornets. So for Valanciunas, um, all they had to trade was uh, their previous center, Steven Adams, who really wasn't working out for them after they re-signed him after immediately trading from the previous, previous offseason, so in 2020, and Eric Bledsoe, who was just a throw-in to make the salary work. So as most NBA fans know, Valanciunas has been amazing for the Pelicans because, especially because Zion hasn't been uh, hasn't even played one game yet. He's averaging 19 points per game and 12 rebounds per game on incredible efficiency, shooting over 50% from the field and over 45% from three. So obviously he's been, it's, it's been a really, really good trade for the Pelicans. And especially when Zion comes back, I still think he's gonna, his numbers will go down, but his uh, field goal percentage will definitely go because he's not going to be taking as many shots and he can also spread the floor. So that's a move I really, really liked from the Pelicans and also on the Devonte Graham side of things. I believe they only had to trade one first round pick for Devonte Graham, who the Hornets used on Kai Jones, who hasn't really done anything, but Devonte Graham has really helped the Pelicans weak point guard rotation because their first round pick Kyra Lewis, even though he wasn't starting, he was still their backup. He went down and Devonte Graham has definitely been carrying almost all of the point guard work uh, in that Pelicans uh, backcourt. So he's been really, really impressive for them. All right, so moving on uh, to number three right now, we got Kyle Lowry's sign and trade with the Heat. Um, he also got a huge back from the Heat, but it's definitely been worth it. The Heat are one of the best teams in the East right now, sitting at the fourth seed, only two and a half games out of first place, and they're going to make a push for the one seed by the end of the year. You, you already know with the Heat, um, they're definitely going to be a championship contender, and Lowry brings a lot of you know grit, toughness, winning culture to the Heat. Um He's been a pure point guard for them, a nice floor general, uh, you know, sets up guys like Duncan Robinson, PJ Tucker, Tyler Hero, gets them open shots. Um, he's uh, really easy to play off of. Um, you know, he can spot up and he can also, you know, uh, get his own shot off the dribble. He's been really good with Bam in the pick and roll this year. Um, his stats don't really, like, you know, blow your mind. Uh, you know, he's only averaging 14 points, four assists, uh, four rebounds, but he's averaging eight assists, so just shows, you know, his floor general skills, you know, how he gets his teammates involved. Shooting splits aren't great. Uh, 83% from the line, though, is pretty good. But even though, you know, his stats don't pop off the screen, his impact is uh, definitely uh, really valuable to the Heat. And I think he's going to probably uh, make them go farther in the playoffs than they did last year. So we'll see how it plays out. But Kyle Lowry definitely was a huge uh, addition for the Heat. And kind of adding to that quickly, he also brings, like, the Heat have like a kind of reputation as being a really intense defensive team. And Kyle Lowry just adds to that. He's a good defender too. So he just kind of helps with their defensive ambitions and also is good on the offensive side of the court. So, yeah. All right. I have uh, the second biggest win of the offseason going to the Wizards and they're trading of Russell Westbrook 
and two second round picks for Montrez Harrell, KCP, and Kuzma. Um, the Wizards right now sit around or sit at 17 and 16. And this is a lot better than people expected them to be. I think people expected them to be really lower tier winning, I don't know, 40% of their games, but they're above 500 right now. And this trade, none of these guys' stats are really popping off the screen. None of these guys will be all-stars. None of these guys are doing anything crazy. But all of these guys are young, all 26 to 28, I believe. And these guys all are just play really hard every single night, which I know is something the Lakers missed. And uh, another win for this trade is that the Wizards got rid of Russell Westbrook, who... Uh, Despite the numbers, despite the 28 and 8 that Westbrook's averaging this year, I think anyone who's watched a Lakers game can agree that Russell Westbrook is having the worst season of all time. He is really not performing well for the Lakers, despite the numbers. And uh, the Wizards were lucky to get some assets out of it before, uh, before having to deal with that. Yeah, I think uh, Kuzma was the biggest winner in that trade, personally. He's actually been allowed to flourish in that Wizards offense, which is something that he didn't really do in the Lakers offense. So uh, now ending out the top 10 at number one is the third Bulls player on our roster. It is DeMar DeRozan, who got a three-year, $85 million contract from the Bulls. Obviously, that's a pretty big contract for any NBA player. But still, I think the Bulls are very happy they made that choice to give DeRozan all that money. He's averaging about 27 points, which is amazing for him. And he's 100% going to be an all-star. The question is, will he be an all-star starter or a reserve? That is up to the fan vote, most likely. So uh, DeMar DeRozan has been probably the Bulls' best player this year. He's really um, he's been great alongside Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic and as we've talked about, that Bulls team is thriving. They are a, a team in the East that is going to be in the playoffs and is going to be competing for the championship. So DeMar DeRozan is a big part of that, and he comes in at number one on our list. And adding something about DeMar DeRozan before we finish this uh, episode up, I saw a tweet that was really that really brought my attention to it, and it was that DeMar DeRozan's numbers are almost identical to Kobe's MVP numbers, which is absolutely absurd because if you actually watch DeMar DeRozan, he takes a lot of like tough mid-range contested shots, just like Kobe is known to do. But like DeMar DeRozan has just been absolutely stellar for the Bulls. So it was really an amazing pickup. And he's basically the main reason why they're so, so good this year. But that was our top 10 list uh, for the NBA offseason acquisitions this past 2021 offseason. It's around midseason. So we thought it would be fitting to do an episode on this. And yeah, so that'll do it for today's episode. Make sure you follow us on the podcast platform you're listening on today, whether it's YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And also make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATBuzzerPodcast. So we'll see you next time.